Well, welcome Pathway family at all of our locations. Those of you who are watching online, super glad that you're here for this first weekend of our brand new series at Sacred Steps. You know, as I look back on my life, I think I am truly amazed on how some simple steps of obedience have really changed my life. I mean, I've just seen them uh, open up doors. I've seen taking simple steps uh, bless my life and really take me in some places I really never imagined. Uh, for example, it was 40 years ago this weekend that I took a simple step of obedience that really changed almost everything in my life. Uh, I was right at the beginning of my senior year of high school. I had already started football practice, and I could feel just lots of forces kind of tugging on my soul. I mean, I wanted to be a popular guy. Uh, I wanted to be known kind of as a tough football kind of guy, and, and I could just feel those forces. But by God's grace, I knew that he wanted some other things for me. So I committed myself to be in a weekly a Bible study with some other Christ followers to really help at least encourage me in my relationship with God. And because I took that simple step of obedience, I put myself in a place where I got to be able to meet my wife for the very first time. So I was uh, an incredibly hulky senior <laughs> in high school. She was a lowly sophomore. And, uh, and when she saw me, it was electric for her. No, I'm kidding. It was electric for me. I mean, because she was just amazing inside and out. She was beautiful. Well, a month later, we started dating. Four years later, we got married. And now we have six kids, and we've been married this month for 36 years. I mean, she's a saint. She's a, she's a saint. But it all catalytically happened because I took a very simple step of obedience and put myself in that place where I could be able to meet my wife. It was a simple step of obedience, though. And it's been my observation over the years that nearly all of the biggest and best moments of our lives come at a time when we are taking simple steps of obedience. It's kind of like in the scriptures when David killed Goliath. The only reason he was even there was because his dad sent him out on an errand to be able to take lunch to his brothers. And by him taking that simple step of obedience to his father, he ended up being in a place where he could kill Goliath and later become the greatest king that Israel has ever known. Or Moses. Moses delivered the nation of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. Moses was just out tending his father-in-law's sheep when all of a sudden this bush caught fire and God spoke to him and he obeyed. But it was his simple step of obedience to his father-in-law that he put himself in a place where he could become the leader of the whole nation of Israel. You see, most of the greatest moments of our lives will happen as we obediently take simple steps of faith. And that's really why today, as a part of our service, we want to offer you an opportunity to be able to take a simple step of obedience that we believe that scriptures teach that change everything. And that simple step of obedience is baptism. And you may not have planned to get baptized when you came today. You, you may not have even been thinking about it, but I want to tell you, just like Moses, just like David, and just like the man that we're going to look at in Acts chapter 16 today, they took a simple step of obedience, and it changed everything because they obeyed. Heaven came to earth through their lives, and it changed everything. Now, just to bring you up to speed a little bit about what's happening here in Acts chapter 16, the Apostle Paul 
uh, and his companion Silas, they were in, uh, thrown into prison because they were preaching the good news in the city of Philippi. And it's in prison that they have this God-ordained encounter with the Philippian jailer. And you know, really, nobody knows very much about this Philippian jailer, but likely he was just this crusty, hard, ex-Roman soldier who was likely put out to pasture by the Roman government. Uh, he was probably a very well-seasoned soldier, tough, violent, kind of a no-nonsense kind of person. In fact, when Paul uh, and Silas were put into prison, uh, this jailer was likely in charge of the men who beat Paul and Silas with rods and then had them shackled and put in the innermost part of the prison. So this guy is definitely a rough character. Didn't seem like he was likely to become a Christ follower. But while Paul and Silas were in the innermost cell of that prison, the scriptures say that they began to sing and pray. And in the middle of that kind of jailhouse worship service that night, the Lord caused an earthquake. And the prison doors, they flew open. And what happened right then was really a major crisis for the jailer. Because you see, in that day, if a prisoner escaped uh, from the jail, the jailer would have to serve the criminal sentence. And the Philippian jailer was probably doomed because there was somebody there who was on death row. So when the jailer saw that the prison doors had uh, flown open, he assumed that the prisoners had escaped. And so he draws his sword. He draws his sword in order to kill himself so he can die with honor. But before the Philippian jailer could kill himself, Paul reaches out to him. He says, wait, wait, don't kill yourself. We're all here. And I think in that moment that the old Philippian jailer heard those words, I mean, he, I think he grabbed his lantern, he began to rush from cell to cell to see if what Paul had really said was true. And the scriptures go on to say, the jailer called for the lights, he rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. So then he brought them out and he asked them, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. So if you want to take a life-changing step today, first of all, understand your need and embrace Jesus. See, that's what the Philippian jailer did here. Now that jailer, he might not have had uh, any idea what, what he really needed. I mean, he probably went to work that night feeling great. I mean, I don't know, maybe he made his first payment on a brand new chariot. I mean, I don't know what he was doing or thinking. But everything from the Philippian jailer's standpoint seemed exactly the way it was supposed to be. But in the middle of the night, this violent earthquake shook the building and in an instant his world was totally turned upside down. I mean, he was about ready to lose everything in his life that he ever worked for, including his own life. You know, recently I heard about a man here in our Pathway family uh, he'd been married for several years, been struggling in his marriage. He had no idea how bad that it really was, especially from his wife's point of view. But one day his wife came home and said that she really couldn't take it anymore and she was leaving. I mean, it was devastating for him. He, he didn't see it coming. The reality is this man had been struggling with drugs and gambling for quite some time. It was causing a lot more problems in his marriage than he ever realized 
So when his wife, though, told him that she wanted a divorce, it was like somebody ripped the rug right from, out, from underneath him. Well, about a week after he had received that news, he was traveling out of town on some business when he found himself kind of in a small town motel room. And in really the hopelessness of that situation, he picked the Bible up that was there in that motel room that night from his bedside table and he began to read it. And I want you to imagine some of the feelings he experienced that night as he began to read the Bible. How he must have felt when he read those words that God will never leave him or forsake him. That God loved him. God accepted him regardless of all the things that he had done in his life. And as he read those words that night, they begin to bring him such hope. And they begin to bring him such peace. And so he decided the next weekend he was going to go to church. And he came to Pathway. And he sat in the back row of the worship service with his sunglasses on. <laughs> he thought people like him, they'd burn up if they came to church. That weekend, as he listened to the message, he just felt the surge of God's power in his life. And at the end of the message, he raised his hand in the service and he embraced Jesus as the leader and the Savior of his life. And he was baptized. Amen? Give God a hand for that. Super cool. And ever since then, he's been working to rebuild his life and to rebuild his marriage. But God used the crisis of his life for him to be able to see his need and for him to be able to embrace Jesus. So what about you today? Where are you at in terms of your journey right now? What's going on? Maybe for you today, it is like that guy in, the, in our Pathway family and his struggle with marriage. Maybe your marriage is struggling right now. Maybe it's not your marriage. It's a, it's a health problem that you've discovered that's got you kind of sideways today or something that's going on at your job. But whatever it is, it feels like that you're here today and it feels like you just got in a gut punch. You've gotten a gut punch. And suddenly you're kind of maybe realizing it in a fresh way that there are forces in this world that you have no control over and that all you can do is come to God and confess your helplessness because all that you can do, you can't seem like you can control this problem at all. But you need Him. You need something so much bigger than yourself. And I want to let you know, friends, that's the step and that's the place that all of us need to be in. To understand our need and embrace Jesus maybe for the first time in our life. Or maybe we need to embrace Jesus again. We need to embrace him again as the leader and the savior of our life. We need to recommit ourselves to following him passionately. Well, as our story continues, I want you to see what happens next, beginning with verse 33. It says there, At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all of his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. So second, take a life-changing step by getting baptized. And that's what you see right here in the story, unfolding. The Philippian jailer, he got baptized. Right after he embraced the good news about Jesus, he and his whole household took the sacred step, that sacred step of obedience to get baptized. And honestly, I think there were some aspects of baptism that the Philippian jailer, I think he resonated with, particularly (coughs) because he was a military man. 
And I think there's those aspects I think we can resonate with as well. See, the first aspect of baptism I think that the Philippian jailer really resonated with is that baptism is a pledge of allegiance to God. It's a pledge of allegiance to God. You see, when a soldier takes the oath of enlistment, they are pledging their allegiance to support and defend their country. They're pledging themselves to defend against the enemies of their country and to obey all the orders of their commanding officer. They're willing to die as a part of taking that pledge. And when a person takes the step of baptism, they're pledging their allegiance to God. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21 says, This water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God. You see, baptism is saying we believe that Jesus Christ is our leader and that we pledge ourselves to follow him first and foremostly. He is above everything else in our lives. And that's why baptism needs to be a very personal, needs to be a very calculated decision because it's a very serious decision and commitment to be able to put God first because you're pledging to be faithful to God and to never have another off-duty moment again. And when I say off-duty moment, I'm talking about those times when we stab another person behind their back. We say something ill of another person. That's sin. Or I'm talking about going out and getting drunk on Friday nights. Or I'm talking about surfing the internet on our phone or our computer when we think nobody else is looking. You see, off-duty moments in the Christ-following life are when we know what we are supposed to be doing, but we don't do it. We choose to be off-duty. And when you take the step of baptism, you are pledging yourself to never go off-duty again. To follow Jesus always with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength because baptism is a pledge of allegiance to God. Well, another aspect of baptism I think the jailer might have resonated with is that baptism is a spiritual identification card. You know, when a soldier takes the oath of enlistment, they get a military ID card. And the military ID card is just an outward symbol and a picture of their commitment that they made when they made their oath. And baptism is a spiritual identification card. It's a picture of who you are and the commitment that you've made to Christ. And that's why it says in in Matthew chapter 28 that we are to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, baptism identifies you with the person of Jesus. And it's interesting, actually, even when you look in the the Greek here, the, the word baptism in the Greek is to plunge, to dip, or to submerge. It was often used to describe the dying of garments. So whatever you dipped into, whatever you were immersed in, is what you were identifying yourself with. And so by completely immersing yourself in baptism, you're completely identifying yourself with the person of Jesus Christ. You're saying, I'm all in for the person of Jesus. Not being baptized in the name of a church, you're not being baptized in some kind of a philosophy, you're being baptized and identified with the person of Jesus. You know, when I was in India a few years back, I was really challenged by how clearly the Indian followers really understood this truth. You see, in India, when you're baptized, your family or your friends, they they may disown you. 
Because they know that when you take the step of baptism, that you're leaving predominantly the Hindu faith. That's how they see it in India. They, they know baptism is a spiritual identification that clearly identifies a person with Jesus. It's saying when, they, when a person in India does that, they're saying, hey, I'm no longer a pretender. I'm no longer kind of just a person that goes to church or kind of I talk about Jesus occasionally. I'm for real. I'm all in. It clearly identifies you with Jesus. And that's powerful because the world tries to give us all kinds of other identities. All kinds of other identities like divorced, addicted, failure, you're damaged. Whatever that is, the world is trying to give you and I identities that are painful identities. But when you're baptized, God says now who you are. He says, loved. He says you're loved. He says you're his children, that, that you're accepted, that you're forgiven, that now you and I, we've got a purpose. You see, Jesus gives us a brand new identity. Baptism is that spiritual identification card of our new identity that we have in Jesus Christ. Well, the final aspect that I think the Philippian jailer resonated with was that baptism is an immediate, obedient response. And i got to be honest, when I kind of first thought of immediate, obedient response, I had a vision of this video. So I want you to check it out. Watch this. I mean, that guy got kid cannonballs in. To me, that's so much the heart of what Jesus wants us to do. You see, the Philippian jailer was a military man. He knew a command from his superior demanded immediate, obedient response. And the immediate response of the Philippian jailer after he accepted the good news about Jesus was he and his whole family took the step of baptism. And understand, the Philippian jailer was a brand new Christian. I mean, he didn't know anything about God, but he immediately took the step of baptism. And when you look really all throughout the, the book of Acts, you see the same kind of pattern. When people came to faith in Jesus, their immediate response was to be baptized. But so many times it's, there's a huge barrier for us in taking that step. And, and that barrier for so many people in taking the step of baptism, they, they think they need to know more. They need to know more about the Bible. They need to know more about God. And if they feel like they come to a certain right place of, of knowledge, then they feel like they can they get baptized. And I know, honestly, that's where many of you are at today. I know there are many of you here, a part of our Pathway family, who have not taken the step of baptism. And that, that myth of having to know more has been holding you back. Or you think you're going to have to get your life cleaned up first. You know, I, I need to get kind of some of the major sins out of my life cleaned up first before I can go and get baptized. But really, that's not what you see in the Philippian jailer here at all. And that's not really what you see as normative all the way out through the, through the book of Acts. What did they do in the New Testament? They believed, they received Jesus, and they were immediately baptized. You know, it reminds me of what happened uh, a year ago this weekend. Uh, there's a young man uh, who's a part of our fa Pathway family named G. Jaso, and last year, 
uh, G was baptizing his daughter. So G invited his friend Aaron Muse uh, from the fire station where he works and his wife to see him uh, baptize his daughter. And G actually uh, talked several times to Aaron about being baptized himself. But Aaron had never committed himself to take that step. Well, a year ago this weekend, uh, when in the service we invited people to be able to come forward and take the step of baptism, Aaron didn't move. He, he was gripping the pew. He, he was afraid of how it might look to some of his firefighting friends that were there in the service that day. He didn't kind of make any advance arrangements, didn't have the right clothes. But at the same time, Aaron knew that that's what God was calling him immediately to be obedient to do. So when the second invitation came to get baptized, Aaron immediately responded. And he stood up and immediately came forward to be baptized. And it was scary for him that day. It was uncomfortable. But he knew he had to obediently respond. And a year ago this weekend, Aaron was baptized. Praise God for that, man. That's awesome. And Aaron would tell you that the sacred step of baptism has totally changed his life. Aaron's out walking with a family member, trying to help them grow in their relationship with God. He, he's been uh, helping in the homeless community uh, in the Wichita area, and he's also been talking to other people at the firehouse about his faith and, and encouraging uh, the men and women over there to be able to join him. But Aaron's whole journey was catapulted forward because he took a simple, immediate, obedient step of baptism. So know today, if you're a follower of Jesus and you've never been baptized, this is your immediate, obedient next step. So don't wait any longer. Don't let anything get in the way of you being obedient to doing what Jesus tells you to do. And if you've never made Jesus the leader and the savior of your life, I want you to take that step today. I want you to take that step today and I want you to get baptized. Just like the Philippian jailer did that way. That's what the scripture looks like. That's what he, how he wants the world to look right now. Because all the blessing God wants to be able to give you right now and in this world, let me tell you, it's one step away. One step of obedience away. So know today, beyond a shout of a doubt, Jesus, he calls you. He calls you. That's his voice. Don't ignore his voice. Listen, follow what he commands. Make this moment. The divine moments where we're all together here as a pathway family. Make this your moment. And I promise you, when you take simple steps of obedience in the name of Jesus, it changes everything.